Yowza, 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 indeed. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Matt Kennedy, one half of the Five Films From podcast here. Wanted to take a second today before Todd and I get started on the episode to say thanks for listening. And to ask that if you've been enjoying the show, make sure you like, subscribe, and maybe even leave a five-star review on the podcast platform of your choice. Doing that's going to really help us to connect with more movie-loving listeners just like you. Also, we wanted to give y'all an update on some of the stuff we're working away on for Season 2. Got a lot of good episodes lined up real soon. For example, uh, Todd's currently editing our two-part season premiere on five films from... It's actually going to be ten films from the two-part, or we're going to be doing Brian De Palma. We'll also be gonna getting into some more idiosyncratic stuff with guys like Stuart Rosenberg and Larry Cohen, as well as you know real Hollywood legends like Robert Altman and fan favorites like John Landis and Tony Scott. Again, be sure to subscribe so you can be among the first to hear all of our newest five films from content as soon as it drops. Totally. Lastly, if you're still listening, <laughs> be sure to be on the lookout for our upcoming Patreon feed. We'll be offering all kinds of bonus episodes, things like double features, commentary tracks, etc. 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 And special things like five films from directors who have only made one film and five films from the 70s disaster movie genre. Absolutely. So yeah, a lot of things lined up, good things on the horizon for FFF. And yeah, that's all I got for you. Enjoy the show. With Mac Kennedy and Todd Edmondson. All right, we're back. Yeah, cool. And we're talking about Sorcerer. wonderful movie a movie yeah it's a crazy movie um you know that it was a huge sort of uh difficult production and uh, a lot of problems uh, at the time in that it just flopped uh coming coming out right after star wars yeah yeah uh star wars blew everybody out of the water yeah. pretty much um yeah, I noticed it was Paramount and Universal. I know, yeah, I noticed that as well. Um, um, it's a remake of a French film, or is it based... I know it's based on a French the story. The Wages of Fear, which was also a film, um, but Freakin does not like to call it a remake of that. He says it's just a separate adaptation of the novel. Yeah, like, he yeah. doesn't. He doesn't right. consider it a remake. Right. So but that... That's yeah. That's standard movie speak for for the audiences. Yeah, but I think I don't know. I always kind of think the word remake is sometimes thrown around unfairly with that because yeah, it's purple, just another yeah. version of it. it's a novel. It's a it's like a, Purple Noon and The Talented Mr. Ripley are both worthwhile movies based on the same novel, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't go. a remake. It's not always a remake. Yeah. yeah, if an original story is made into a film and then somebody, it's like. Uh, it's like Heaven Can Wait is a, ostensibly a remake of Here Comes Mr. Sure. Jordan. Yeah, and that's actually just an original adaptation. It's not even a, a novel. Right, yeah. exactly. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you, throwing that around. But that's that's what I remember about this. And I also remember that um, a interesting story. Um, my dad was a subscriber to Playboy, so they would do interviews, and they did an interview with Robert Altman, who at the time was uh, and still is one of my favorite directors. Sure. And uh, he trashes billy friedkin in the interview oh, really? by saying he said you know mr friedkin apparently has chronic diarrhea of the mouth because he said frankly i'm shooting for an epic and i think he was talking about this movie it would have had to be yeah because yeah. there's also like theories of 
he had to do it because he was always competing with Coppola, and Coppola went to make Apocalypse Now in the Philippines, so he went to the Dominican to make his epic. So sort yeah. of that's like the narrative as well. And and Altman said it doesn't fucking matter what you're planning on coming out it's what you come up with yeah i mean and altman is right yeah, like, yeah, there's nothing more pretentious than somebody saying they're <laughs> shooting for an epic <laughs> jesus billy <laughs> yeah. but it is kind of epic there there uh it, it's epic in in pieces yeah there are certain there's certain um there's certain stretches of scenes that are like holy shit it's yeah just really good amazing uh-huh. yeah, it's yeah. just technically some of just just spectacle of watching that truck go over the bridge yeah, and like yeah. you're on the edge of your seat and the yeah. rain and all that. Well, even the beginning of the movie, there's, there's, um, the, right. it opens with a sequence of a, of a, of a kind of a terrorist bombing. Well, it's four, uh, it, it starts four different. Out, yeah, yeah. The first one it. is the, um, in Veracruz, Mexico, very, it's really, the first one is like maybe 30 seconds long. It's real short. Yeah. Guy walks in up an elevator, walks in a room, shoots a guy, Bang. walks out yeah. and that's it for him. And then, uh, that guy we will see later. He's the assassin. Uh, he's a Mexican assassin whose name I don't even remember because they all use fake names in the movie. Yeah. I guess his name is Nilo. He'll come back later. They'll all come back later. That's right, the thing. right, right. And then the second one is the terrorist event you were talking about. Yeah. Right. That's a, an ex- uh, a spectacular, a lot of things blowing up in a lot this of movie. Blowing up, yeah. and uh, the one guy played by Amidou, a um, uh, Moroccan French actor. The character's name is Kassem. He's uh, like a Palestinian uh, freedom fighter slash terrorist, depending on who you want to ask. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. And uh, yeah, he blows up a thing in in Jerusalem. His buddy who he's with gets arrested by the Israeli cops, but he gets away. You see him yeah. get away, right? And then the third one is, is a French, French businessman, yeah. a French businessman who has gotten out on a limb. Uh, with his company and somebody uh the uh, the people he owes money to say you know we're gonna we're gonna bring you up on charges if you don't uh you know if you don't, if you don't take they care give him of 24 this. hours because right family is so it's his, is his brother or his uh, brother-in-law yeah his brother-in-law wife's is like you got to talk to your dad talk to your dad talking to dad keeps saying fuck you fuck you you took the risk you got to face the consequences and the guy's at a restaurant with his wife and eating escargot and you yeah know, that kind of whole kind There's of a stick little and, moment of dialogue between him and his wife beforehand where right. she's she's a book editor and she's talking about like a soldier in the French Foreign Legion who was uh, he didn't he had to shoot a civilian because he was ordered to and he didn't want to do it but ultimately did it and yeah, then the yeah, guy yeah. says he was just a soldier and his wife says nobody's just anything as he's like looking into the mirror <laughs> and I guess William Friedkin has said that like that's also part part of the key to the movie is that line which is mm-hmm. interesting yeah but then yeah after that when he's in the restaurant you're he saying, keeps pushing his brother-in-law go, go talk to the to talk to your dad talk to your dad talk to your dad and he commits suicide yeah in the in the Porsche and there's this view where he hears the shot and he uh, turns around and it just zooms right in on the guy's car yeah, yeah, yeah with yeah. the blood blood and everything yeah windows blown out he just kind of tells the mater d uh tell my wife i had to leave on business and then he just runs <laughs> there's away there's a great shot of him just <laughs> running away it is i really think he funny. realizes he doesn't have a car there right and, yeah, yeah. He's just like okay i'll go catch a bus i, I guess, guess yeah. yeah figure something out <laughs> then you got roy scheider yeah and Roy Scheider is involved in a uh, the pull of an incredible 
uh, cop car, uh, an ugly. It's a Plymouth Fury. It's a Fury. It yeah. yeah, it's a, it's a and, and, But it's got those cop head ca- hubcaps on them, those small round ones that are only in the okay. center. Yeah. So it looks like it looks like a classic cop car from the seventies. Sure, which I mean, it probably yeah. was. Yeah. And they pull up at a at a at a church and they rob the church. It's like a mobbed up church. Yeah, and the and 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 one of the four guys that are robbing it is a real, uh, you know, loose cannon. Right. Shoots a priest. Right. Yep. And uh, and everybody's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" You know. And then he, um, they're getting away, and he pulls a gun. Uh, he's in the back seat. He pulls a gun and holds a gun up to the the passenger seat. Everybody's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Yeah, you take right. The ride yeah. off the road, and a truck pulls out, and there's this huge accident. And there's a huge accident. And, yeah. Uh, and that church scene is kind of crazy too, because it keeps cutting away between the robbery and like a marriage ceremony that's mm-hmm. going on in yeah, the church. And, and the, gr- the wife has like this huge black eye. Yeah, the bride is getting... And the priest is sitting there talking about... You have declared your consent before the church. May the Lord in his goodness strengthen your consent and fill you with his blessings. What God has joined, man must not divide. And it's like, I'm not sure if she has. Yeah, you I'm know? not sure. It's really yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, I don't know. That's a very strange touch and a very, like, I guess that William Friedkin kind of realism of just putting something like that in there. Yeah. Um, you know, the guys in the in the Irish gang with Roy Scheider, one of the the guy who plays Donnelly, I guess, was an Irish gangster that William Friedkin was friends with. Because yeah. he, he was friends with cops and gangsters. That was his whole thing. And, you know, like Michael Mann, kind of. That's, like, part of their, their whole persona as a director. Um, but, yeah, the uh, it was this guy whose name was... Oh, geez, what was his name? Well, I recognize one of the Gerard, actors, I thought. Well, the guy who was the leader is Gerard Murphy, who's actually an Irish gangster that Billy Freakin knew. And Gerard Murphy got the other two guys from his gang. And one of them was in the IRA. Those are just dudes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's really funny. Talk about amateur actors. Yeah. yeah and that's, but that's realism that's, for you. That's, like, part of the freaking thing. Yeah, like putting Eddie Egan in, in the French Connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Roy... Or Jason Miller in, in The Exorcist, even. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Roy is uh takes his eyes off the road at the wrong time and um and so he survives but the cops show up and he gets away and there's money all flying around all over the place and uh somebody uh, somebody he hooks up with is a friend who says it's covered okay yeah, it's okay where am i going get a train down in baltimore go to pier 47 and at customs ask for nat click and don't mention my name because of right now, I don't know you, and I don't want to know you. I owed you a favor. This is it. You going to tell me where I'm going? I swear to Christ, I don't know. Where am I going becomes a thing. Yeah, in, at the yeah end of the he movie. says that at the end, too, yeah, doesn't he? Yeah. He has all these flashbacks of not knowing where he's going. Uh, so all four of these guys end up in... Um, Another fictional republic, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's uh, it's got a big oil rig, and they're all kind of uh, they're all kind of kind of stuck working for the company. It seems like it's. I'm not even sure what they're doing I'm not, at first. I'm yeah. not sure what, why they're why they. But all I, I think stuck the company there. kind of employs everybody, and that it seems like. Yeah, and yeah. it seems like they kind of like having it, having people who need to hide out or something maybe yeah. have something skeletons in their closet maybe that works to their advantage or whatever because there's a, um, a nazi also there like an old nazi that roy scheider talks to carlos here used to be an ex-rights marshal right carlos and he's actually yeah. one of the first guys hired for the thing yeah yeah, yeah. uh and a spectacular explosion there too where rig blows up and just yeah. everything blows up and all the buildings blow up everything's just boom 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 <laughs> 
This episode is going to be released in our schedule right after Paul Thomas Anderson. So this mm. is our second oil explosion movie in a, <laughs> in a row in our release schedule, which is kind of something. Yeah, and yeah. it's spectacular. Yeah. Uh, and so what ends up happening is they uh, they kind of go through an audition process where they cons- they need to conscript um, people to drive nitroglycerin right. through the Amazonian jungles, I guess. Uh, it's, yeah. it's South American they were swamp. Shot in, it was shot in the Dominican Republic, but I get the vibe that it's supposed to be like on the mainland South America. It's, yeah, yeah that me too. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you get the impression that you know, the, it's an island. It doesn't have the same vastness of the terrain they have to cover. And if you imagine it, like on the continent of South America, right? right? It, it makes it feel yeah. bigger. Yeah, yeah. And it's in a nebulous place on purpose, right? Right, yeah, I think right. So. Yeah, and and uh, of course the four guys and end up yeah the two trucks full of nitroglycerin. Right, um, and that's really the movie. Is that yeah, that's that sort their, of uh, that's trip. their way out? And it's Everybody very dangerous gets... because uh, first thing the oil man, um, there's a shot of a scene where it's just the two oil guys kind of discussing the political situation and and like what they're you know with the president and stuff right government's been told it's an accident what charge in this country terrorists who blow up american oil wells are heroes we're paying that government to give us protection now president you cannot risk his liberal image by sending his troops to chase patriots Shit. And you see, is the president on the wall, Jason Miller? Like, I we'll think we'll go back be. and look at that. Yeah, I because I, 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 I that really, would be a cool freaking yeah, touch, it res- right? It resembled him for sure <laughs> on the picture because he's not actually in the movie, right? He's not yeah, in the movie, just but in the, in the, in the, the photo. Picture. Uh, so, it's like Catch Twenty Two. It's uh, that's right. Yeah, it is. Yeah, sure. it's Roosevelt, um, and then the th- yeah. yeah, and so they initially try to get a like a pl- or a helicopter to do it, and they're like, "Well, what do you think?" Major problem is the vibration. This thing is like a damned egg beater. No matter how we shock mount something, it'll still have a severe lateral vibration. I thought maybe you could uh, sling load it on a pallet. About 20 feet down, there'd be no vibration, but the problems are turbulence. You might move it half a mile that way, but not 200. I've never had a flight around here without some turbulence in it. What are you saying, Billy? Not with a chopper, there's no way. They Then they come up with the trucks. And they, I had the, the back scene. of the truck, they're in cases of yeah. in sand, so mm-hmm. they don't, you know, shift around. And then they make, there's a whole kind of like small vignette where it's just the oil guy, Corlette, like trying to figure this out. And then he ends up like announcing to the village, like, We now need experienced truck drivers, men who are willing to do a dangerous job. This job must be done before we can reopen our gates and bring back full employment to you people. It's funny, it reminded me of the next movie, Deal of the Century, where it's like, uh, and how they would always say, the defense industry means jobs for people. And it's like this destructive industry, like playing on the fact that the workers need them more than they need the workers. Which is not necessarily the case, right. but in this case, it probably is. Yeah, and, it's, uh, it's just sort of, it's interesting, like, 
I don't know, the manipulation of it, of, like, we're getting you to do this dangerous job that it's, like, supposedly for your own... It shows how powerless everybody is against the system. Yeah, yeah. I agree, too, that, like I was saying earlier, it reminds me of the the time I was in Bogota when... um, they, there, there were people on the streets handing out these, these one, one pagers of against Coca Cola. Yeah. Uh, because, uh, because historically speaking, big multinationals in South America were paying rebels to protect them, mm. and the rebels were just funding their own thing because uh, they, they had the government up their ass all the time so it was a really a vicious circle going on and it looked like coca-cola was in this movie you were saying quite a, a lot. lot yeah i noticed that because i mean i know there's a i'm you know i'm not even as well versed as maybe i i would have liked to have been in in what those dealings and chicanery they've been doing in central america is but you know i know you know it's something i know about right it's like it's so i i noticed that in the movie there's a scene in the beginning where bruce Schneider is like looking at an ad for coca-cola in the bar and at first my instinct was oh you know, America, Coca-Cola, he must be homesick. But no, there's Coca-Cola all over the place. That's not mm-hmm. what it's signaling. Right, It's right. signaling, like, the the commercial sort of interests overpower everything, which is the same way of, like, getting these people to do this job for the oil company. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, in fact, I'm remembering now that when I was in Managua, Nicaragua, that um, one of the earliest uh, Coca-Cola bottling plants outside of the U.S. was there. Sure. And they still were recycling bottles. I mean, you could get deposit money back, like the old days. You bring the bottle back, and they give you three cents or whatever, five cents, and uh, they would rewash them and reuse them. I was wow. drinking Coke out of these old That's bottles. That's so crazy. Really, yeah, it was really crazy. Yeah. A lot of uh, Americans going back to the 50s there, too. A lot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and they had a political presence. And uh, so, yeah, again, you got these multinational corporations trying to figure out the balancing act between the government. I mean, on one hand, the they want to cozy up with the pro-capitalist government to give them a market. But on the other hand, they're trying to pay off the rebels, which is not yeah. working. Yeah, because the rebels are just, t- they're, they're basically just like uh, bandits, uh, banditos uh, that will just... And they show up later in the movie too. You know? Yeah, they They've do. always That's got right. rebel problems. Uh, there's rebel problems all over the place. Uh, because the governments are corrupt and, you know, and the corporations and, are corrupt and, that's and blah, the cor- blah, blah, It almost, it's, it's a stupid, it doesn't seem to me a very useful tactic if you're actually giving money to the people whose aim is to get you the fuck out of there. Yeah, that doesn't it, make it any sense. It seems like you're just funding your own downfall. Yeah, it's a, they think of it as a bribe and the rebels don't think of it as that. No, they, uh, they think of it as, you guys are idiots. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I'll, sure, we'll take your money and we're going to buy guns and we're going to blow Blow you ass. the fuck up. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> as they have every right to do as, said, as self-determined as a citizens of a nation. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, this this um this um trek uh, with these four guys and these two trucks full of nitroglycerin uh they're tr- they've got a map <laughs> through the jungle and they're going through they're going over these horrific old bridges and and um the the this the really pivotal scene that was truly amazing is them trying to drive across a rope bridge yeah and that's um, not even the first bridge scene, because there's the no, other one right. where the Frenchman gets out and kind of steps on it. Yeah. And that one, okay, that wasn't too hard. Yeah, that yeah, was they right. made yeah, they that. Got, that yeah. It was a little creaky and cracked a couple of boards. I get the wheel stuck at one point. But mm-hmm. yeah, this rope bridge in a monsoon rainstorm.
and it's an amazing scene. It really is. It really is amazing because I don't know how you shoot in that much in that kind of weather in that kind of situation and as many shots as he got. Right. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's just an astonishing. Uh, and really cool to watch it's, because this fucking truck looks like the bridges are gonna flip it over mm -hmm. in the water. And, and you know. like, like with the French Connection, this is just they were just doing it for real, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and yeah, freaking filmmaking. in in freaking uncut documentaries said that the bridge collapsed a few times when they were filming it, and they had <laughs> there was I don't know what it was specifically. They had something underneath there that was kind of like a safety mechanism. They weren't mm. just, but you know, you can't see that. Uh, so, but they fell a couple times. Freaking was in the truck trying to film coverage when they fell a couple times. So it's crazy. It doesn't yeah. surprise me yeah. one bit. It mm -hmm. was real. It's really a crazy scene to see, and, um, and just getting through that. Roy and Nilo. The so okay. First, they hire this ex-Nazi to be on the team. It's the three right. guys and the ex-Nazi. But right. Nilo, the assassin, is just kind of hanging out in the corner. And there's a whole montage of them building trucks. Right. But then Amadou, the guy from Palestine, like, where's uh, where's Marquez? Which is the German's alias. And then he, like, looks. You don't even see Marquez that he's dead, necessarily. You just see that um, Amadou, like, reacts to it. And then the... You, that the assassin killed the German, right? Right, like, that's, right. It's a weird. I don't really. Yeah, there's some stuff in the beginning of this movie that I don't really understand the, the way it plays out. But ultimately, once they get on the trucks, I got it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But how they get there is, uh, yeah, it's almost like he took the guy's job by just rubbing him out. Right. And was he and there? Plus, he's to a kill Nazi somebody? anyway. So fucking. Yeah. yeah. It almost seems like did he come to town to kill that guy, or did he just like? It's, it's and that really could be strange. it could yeah. be that he happened to be there and he found out the guy was a Nazi and of course any good Nazis a dead Nazi right so, sure yeah of course yeah. But, and then Roy really... Roy's the one is like well I guess we need this guy now and yeah we need another team. driver yeah, yeah. Right. god damn it you know and uh, and getting across the rope bridge is as 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 psychotic as that was those two they, guys get across it with like you know they get across it okay it gets even more harrowing the second truck goes across it. Yeah, that's when yeah. the one guy Amadou has to get out of the truck and like guide Victor, the Frenchman. That's crazy. Yeah, he falls the through the bridge, scene. but yeah. He, yeah, but you think he's gone? You, it's it's really cool cutscene where you you're underwater for a second and the sound stops. Yeah, it's just like <gasps> very like really too. quick, it's really so, quick, it's jarring, and yeah. then the guy's uh, still hanging onto the bridge and uh, gets back up, but the driver's like, I can't see you. Where are you? And it's pouring down rain. The sound. The sound design in this movie is amazing. Yeah, it is. Um, sure it is. And and uh, and it looks like he's going to run over the guy, and he finally gets out of the truck and looks, and he's there in the front. And they make it the very last second. The, the very know, last, the very last yeah. second they make it. And the then collapses. there's the other. Then after they get, then it's like that quicksand, and insane, uh, yeah. there's a huge the tree log block in the road. that they have to use some of the explosives to, to build like a rig and explode the log. Yeah, they have a rock tied to a rope tied to a sandbag, and they they he cuts a he punches a hole in it so it leaks out, and he uh, then he punches a hole in the sandbag which is going to leak the sand out to give him time to get away. Yeah, uh, no, it's kind of cool. Yeah, how they really come up with well it. thought yeah, out. It's, it's really cool. groovy, and. Um, and uh, so they all make it through that, and um, there's two trucks, and the Frenchman is saying how much he misses his wife. Yeah. He doesn't have any kids, and he shows the, the guy his watch. That his wife gave him with, his like, wife an gave inscription him on it. the last yeah. thing he, she, he, he saw her, and uh, puts it back in his pocket. The tire has a blowout. They go over the side and blow up. Just, Just like, like that. that. And it's, 
after facing harrowing, insane, superhuman obstacle after superhuman obstacle, they die by a flat fate tire. Fate takes them by some bullshit. It's yeah. just yeah, it's just like what? Yeah, it's like oh, it's it's really a, an intense moment. And then Rush Eider is like filling up the other truck with gas, and he sees the explosion like way up the road. He's like, he's like, oh fuck. Yeah. Then what happens is the goddamn rebels, the yeah, banditos, some, some show, show up. up. And, yeah, uh, wherever they are. Yeah. And they're speaking Spanish, and they're going, okay, well, just no, just. The, the 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 old guy won't get out of the truck and and uh, they're saying i'll shoot him now no no we'll shoot him in the road later and roy's really looking like like he's super haggard yeah. yeah held him back yeah and um the old guy in the truck pulls a gun and kills like three of them he's and a then, master assassin is yeah what he is, and dude. roy kills the other guy yeah. with a shovel which mm. uh it's like oh, yeah he does what a yeah he go. does what a way to go but he um the assassin nilo gets shot as well right in yeah. the face yeah, yeah so roy's right. by himself now yeah and they, they were they, they like as nilo's dying they're like talking and, what are you gonna do with all that money you hump talk to me what are you gonna do <laughs> get laid <laughs> <laughs> Two horse. Yeah, and Nilo's laughing, and then he dies, and he's lying, laying there dead. And it's just an astonishingly cool-looking shot of 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 um, sort of like volcanic kind of uh, rock piles. The it's, lighting like, changes so the light, radically the at the end. When lighting the sun, is yeah, like blue. It almost filtered. looks like they're on the moon. Yeah, it's, it's so super surreal. It, yeah, it's very. It doesn't look like anything else in the movie. That no, last not sequence. at all. Yeah. And uh, you've got Roy in the and windshield, he's lost and as can be. reflections in the windshield, and Roy's like thinking to himself, "Where am I going?" flashing back to uh, being sent sent here in the first place after the after the robbery and it's all these uh, really he's just really losing it yeah and uh the whole way that shot is is uh is super cool and he, and he runs out of gas yeah, dude. and then he tries to start the truck and pulls the like the starter like off of it or something <laughs> and it says the, the odometer says 216.7.7 and in chalk it's written 218 oh, yeah that's right so he yeah, realizes so he he's, close. Yeah. he's close so he walks it he walks the fucking nitro- nitroglycerin. In a the last great shot of like it's him approaching in the dark, and then as he goes past us, as goes past the camera, it sort of swivels, and then you see just this flaming shit, flaming oil out. rig, and, and these guys, their guys, guys are like taking the explosives take the from explosives him, and he from... falls over. Yeah, it's just like whoa. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then where does he end up? He ends up with the oil man again. Who's saying we're cutting you a check? And Roy's like, "This and this is this not the it, deal. Yeah. This is not going to do anything for me." It's good. It's good to me. What do I do with this? Take it into a bank, flash an ID, and give him a thumbprint. Yeah, that's and what they said. And the guy's like, "Yeah, no, I'll do, I'll go there with you." Or we'll, yeah, like we have a guy there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, they expecting you or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, Roy's drinking, and it zoom slow zoom into his face where he's really just like deep, deep into a. Thought, like I, he must know that it's over for him, right? He yeah. must know that that shit's coming for him. Yeah, he's the only one who got gets cashed out for for bringing the stuff in, and uh, and he he's, starts dancing with the cleaning lady. Yeah. May I have this dance? Which is so funny. Like, and it's a really cool. It's Charlie Parker with strings. Yeah. I think it's Dancing in the Dark. I okay. think is the tune. Um, 
really really cool moment uh, yeah and not you're right because um the guy who sent him off helped him get away was the same guy or was it yeah, one I of think the it Italian was the, monsters? i think it was the same guy okay that's was even more um more like oh man you know so oh, yeah it is it says, so basically yeah, basically the they know the oil company knows tipping them off yeah we paid him so they're getting their money back from the robbery right. because, they, they don't ever have to catch yeah. the check yeah right? when they yeah. were robbing the church the guy says you know whose parish this is up you and a horse you rode in on they were really fucking with the wrong parish and then the the corporate uh, or liter- they're in league with the gangsters. Yeah, I guess. yeah hello. That's, yeah, which yeah, is so yeah. interesting. Which is sort of a Cuba Batista, right? You yeah, know, kind of a kind of a whole thing there. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, that's and good. That's good. They yeah. show up outside the place, and that's the end of the movie. You, you, know, you might hear a gunshot. I'm not sure. Yeah, you do. You hear like a, and uh, then it cuts to black. It it's a really black. silenced, like little gunshot. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's intense. I mean, that's. Very intense movie. That's I don't a, know that freaking he was shooting for an epic. I don't think it's epic, but I, it's. I almost is. think it's like too weirdly paced to be an epic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And no. it's, it's either too short or too long. I'm not sure which of those. Yeah, but it's, yeah. There's it's too fast or too slow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It could uh, have been either one of those. And, yeah. And so it's not quite a a great movie. Well, maybe it is a great movie, but it's not quite a perfect movie. No. Yeah. There you go. Um, I, I think it's really good. Um, what about the title of the movie, Sorcerer? I think that's also a big part of the reason not a lot of people have seen it. <laughs> uh, because it's sort of cryptic and yeah, like, look- I wrote here. Uh, um, logo looks like the Exorcist Two Face, which is the the Aztec kind of uh, yeah, or or uh, like uh, the Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yeah, <laughs> we were talking about that. Yeah. Legends of the Hidden Temple. But I wrote, who or what sorcerer is in this movie? You know what it is? It's the name of one of the trucks. Ah, and so the truck, one of them is sorcerer, the other one is Lazaro, which is like Lazarus. But so it's sort of supposed to be symbolic, I guess. William Freakin had wanted to call it Ball Breaker. That was his working title. <laughs> but he he changed it to Sorcerer because that I think that name was already on the truck, maybe. And he just kind of liked it. Uh, but basically his words, not mine, is that he, he thinks of it as the evil wizard of fate, the Sorcerer. And the fact that somebody can walk out their front door and a hurricane can take them away, an earthquake or something falling through the roof. And the idea that we didn't have control over our fates, neither our births or deaths, it's something that's haunted me since I was intelligent enough to contemplate something like that. <laughs> okay, cool, Billy. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But at the same time, when he talks about fate and you can't escape fate and how the first truck, how they got over all the bullshit, but, you know, you can't beat it. You know, it's still something Something else is going to come and take you, something you never expected. That's right. Right? And yeah. then Roy got it. He... he completed the mission but no there's something right and right around the corner yeah yeah He's and so that's pay. what the sorcerer is i think it's still kind of cryptic and and maybe not the best title in the world um uh well, yeah it certainly makes you either think or or look or try yeah it makes you try to figure out what the hell these what the hell it about. means yeah. yeah um but um yeah overall um I'll watch it again. I've never seen it came out. I guess, so I was wrong when I said that um, Sorcerer was already written on the truck. He got that name specifically from a Miles Davis album. Ah. So that was it, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, basically he thought of the Sorcerer as like the forces that are everything beyond these guys control the forces that are coming for them mm, yeah but it does that is not particularly clear unless you read that paragraph <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> i'll tell you that well everybody gets it because they're 
they're all bad and they can't escape their fate. Right. Uh, yeah. So, more or less. There you go. I'd like to see the Wages of Fear, the French picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to read the book, maybe. You know, it's an interesting story. Yeah. 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 It yeah. Is. It's, um, it, it's really cool. Yeah. Great premise. Yeah. Um, um, Tangerine Dream score too. Yeah. Pretty neat. I think yeah, that was yeah. their first movie score, and they spent the next what ten. 15 years making cool movies yeah, more. Yeah, 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 a lot yeah. of stuff. Very, very iconic. Yeah, uh, everything from like Michael Mann movies to Risky Business. They they did. Yeah, yeah. good stuff. Yeah, good stuff for um, sure. What else did I want to talk about? Oh, I want to talk about Roy Scheider. How do you think Roy is in this movie? I love Roy. Yeah, in he's this really movie. good, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's got like, he's so appropriately haunted, right? Yeah, uh-huh. like, yeah. A screenwriter Waylon Green said, and this was about the character, not not so much about Roy Scheider, but he wanted a character that was believably believable gutsy and most importantly desperately human which is very much what Roy Scheider gives i mean that's absolutely his vibes absolutely somebody who's just weary and he's so good in this movie yeah Uh, i agree the thing is a lot of people say and quentin tarantino said this in the uh freaking uncut documentary because he's interviewed he and several other people said that they think that's the weak spot of the movie they wanted they said that you know and as much as we like Roy Scheider he wasn't right for that role and I guess Friedkin initially wanted Steve McQueen, Robert Blake, and then after those two, he went to Robert Mitchum. It would have been way older at the time. And Mitchum liked the script, but he said, you know, this is a good script, but why would I want to go to the Dominican Republic to fall out of a truck? I can do that in my front yard. <laughs> so that's that's like the funny Mitchum story. But Roy was way down on the list, and it wasn't until studio, the head of Universal, Sid Scheinberg, said, what about the guy from this huge hit movie I just made, Jaws? And Freakin's like, oh, yeah, I worked with him before. And it was one of those. He was sort of the guy they settled for, which is strange because I think he's perfect. I do, too. Yeah. I, I think he's absolutely perfect. Absolutely. Yeah, the 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 weariness and the anger. When he gets mad, he's yeah. Roy mad, man. He's Roy mad. He's absolutely. like, God damn it, you know? And him, uh, when, uh, uh, when he says, where am I going? Where, there's something so human yeah, in that. It's yeah, so real, it's, it's incredibly it's great. great. Yeah, yeah. He only smokes one cigarette in this movie, which is low for him. Yeah, yeah it is I, low I, for I, him. I, I noted, I'm like, wait a minute, he only smokes. That's funny. Yeah. Of course, you're in a place where you don't know if you're yeah. going to get cigarettes or not. Sure. Uh, I, I almost expected one scene for a guy to pull the cigarettes out of his pocket, and it was the watch. Right oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That, I started thinking. No, you don't that have. Motion, yeah. yeah, you don't have cigarettes in your pocket. No, Get out of here. Yeah, the only time you see him smoking is like when he's kind of early on in the movie when you first is first in South America. He walks out of the room as a cigarette. Yeah, and it, that's definitely something I always note in Rorschach movies because he's the best <laughs> movie smoker of all time. <laughs> Bruno Kramer as the Frenchman also really good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Really yeah. Good. He is really good. And all four of the lead actors, Francisco Rabal, who was the who was who Friedkin wanted to play uh, Alain Trenet in French Connection, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right. he's he's pretty similar to Alejandro Ray. Like they have similar vibes. Yeah. He's really great as Nilo, and then Amadou, who played Kassem slash Martinez, the Arab guy, also really good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they are four they really, are really good. Just uh, international actors. And, you and, know? and I can imagine what it took to just get set up to just shoot scenes in this movie at all yeah it's just a, such a it's a herculean not an epic effort but a herculean ever yeah sure <laughs> well uh i i've always dug this movie it was good seeing it mm, again i recommend it for sure yeah. it's really good 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, let's take a break and we'll come right back cool. with yet another oh, one. There was a Joe Spinell sighting for four seconds. That's a very brief Joe Spinell sighting. Really? Yeah, I forgot about that. He was unloading the plane with Roy in the beginning. Ah, yeah. did Roy throw the, yeah. throw the thing uh, to him. He yep. goes, oh, yep. yeah, that, that was Joe Spinell. I, I didn't totally, notice. Yeah, I wrote, oh, a Joe Spinell sighting for four seconds. Cool. Yeah. Excellent. Get it, pal. You stop eating the ESP, I might get you a seat to next rattle. Come on. Oh. All right, we'll be right back. Yeah. 